You're listening to The Fitness Lounge, where we discuss in-depth everything from fitness, health, wellness, and mindset. Whether you're just beginning your fitness journey or you've been involved in fitness for years, we have a little something for everyone. So just sit back, lounge for a bit with us, and enjoy. And now for your hosts, Nick Messer and Ben Miller. Hi, welcome back to the Fitness Lounge. We're your hosts, Nick. And Ben. And today we are going to be talking about fact versus fiction, filtering out what's real and what's rumor here in the fitness industry. One of my biggest pet peeves that we have, uh, at least me personally, I think you too, Ben, is that there is so much misinformation, uh, so much misdirection, uh, what I like to call half-truths, where they bend on a little bit of truth and they kind of add a little bit of fluff, you know, kind of like a cheap protein powder, if you will, where they just throw there, in some filler. There's a whole bunch of that out there. So uh, we're excited to bring this one to you. But before we get started, we want to give a couple shout-outs to some of our listeners and our Facebook followers. Uh, we want to say thank you to you all for your support. Um, we have at Erica underscore OTF. Uh, she's a trainer at Orange Theory here in the Alliance Town Square up in the uh, North Tarrant area. We also have at Fit British Mama. Uh, she is a trainer over at uh, Fitness Connection in Watauga. Is that the new one? Uh, I don't know if that's the new one. I think that's where the new one is, yeah. I, oh, maybe so. Pretty I haven't sure. been out that direction in a while. I haven't either, but I've just heard that that's where that new one was put. Um, I actually had a good conversation with her. She had a lot of great feedback for yeah. us. So. Uh, also at fitmom underscore tinks, at the only Bryson Texiera, and at underscore or sorry at fit underscore doc thirty. This is the man with the quads, dude. You have to follow this guy. Oh, really? Yes. If you're having trouble fo- growing your quads, yeah. it, that's it, me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you definitely definitely got to give him a follow. So guys, uh, follow the follow these people on Instagram. They got some great information, um, great personalities to meet up with too. So we really appreciate y'all's support and uh, keep following us. We well, love thank it. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. So Ben, you want to kick us off? Sure. Here we go. We'll uh, start off with you can spot, you can spot treat your fat loss. Fiction. Fiction. I know we've talked about this before in a couple other episodes. You can't target one area. You know, if you want to burn fat off your one leg, it's not going to work. Or you know, leg area. When you start getting into into the fitness and your your workout plan, you're going to start burning it. It's going to it's start going to come off everywhere. You know, it might start in one spot, but everywhere is going to your whole body's being worked. Correct. Yeah. The only way to truly spot treat. Fat loss is liposuction. Yeah, cut yep. that stuff out. Uh, all right, so the next one. Stretching before lifting weight is counterproductive. Fiction. Fiction. Here's why. Uh, we were talking about this in depth before the episode. The Most people, when they think about stretching, they're simply thinking, if I take the muscle that I'm working, so let's say, for instance, we're going to do a quad-focused leg day, or uh, we'll actually, we'll just use a chest day, for example. If I go in and I do you know, what's called static stretching, where I try to extend my joint out as far as I can and really let that pec separate and hold it for 10, 15, 20, 30 seconds, that portion would be counterproductive because you don't want to lengthen the fibers extensively before doing a contraction. Because that'll actually weaken the muscle when you start working. It's correct. And so 
if you're doing what's called dynamic stretching though, where it's back and forth, back and forth, almost like a calisthenics, that can be beneficial. And the other caveat to this that I wanna make sure is, it can actually be uh, productive for you if you stretch the opposite muscle. So if we're doing a chest day, going in and really stretching out your upper back, your lats, your rhomboids, your traps, stretching those out will allow you to gain a farther momentum and range of motion with your chest as opposed to if those were tight from let's say doing a back day the day before, mm -hmm. it's gonna inhibit your range of motion so you're not gonna get as much movement in those muscle fibers on your chest. Right. You know, even coming from the back over the top of your traps, it comes into the top of your chest. You know, I've actually had uh, what do they call that thoracic syndrome mm -hmm. where basically you're pulling it's you're kind of pulling i don't remember if it's backwards or forwards you know what i'm talking about i believe so yeah at any rate if you i've had massages before because i've had that problem you it helps massage, release yeah you massage the top of your chest it helps release mm -hmm. but you when you're you know stretching those other muscles that you're not using sometimes it kind of turns those off so you can actually focus on the muscle you're going to hit correct so the next one we have the only way i can burn fat is when I'm in my target heart rate range. Fiction. Fiction. Now this this is something that uh, I'm not too familiar with on this, but I know that, that you don't have to burn fat when you're in that target range, right? Well, I mean, you do, if you're in that target heart range, you will be burning fat, but you can burn well, fat yeah, I'm many not saying you're ways. not burning fat, but there's, yeah, that's not the only way. Correct, yeah. correct. And as, as you made mention before, I mean, your body will burn fat during sleep. Mm -hmm. um, you can burn fat uh, from just a higher uh, metabolic rate after doing uh, resistance training days, you where your metabolism raised up for 24, 36 hours afterwards, depending on how intense. It actually um, stays higher after weightlifting. Yep. Correct. So you don't have to, you know, for if you feel that the only way that you can burn fat, even in the moment, is just to get your heart rate up into what's considered that target heart rate range, um, that's not the only way to do it. And in a lot of cases, it's it's not... It's not always the um, biggest bang for your buck as far as time. I mean, it will be in the in the moment. Right. But as we mentioned in previous episodes, you know, if you're not growing a muscular base, you're making it harder down the road for you to They're very difficult. Correct, because you're not increasing your resting metabolic rate by having a larger muscular base. So. All right, so the next one, gotta love this one. This one I think has had a lot of traction as far as getting busted around, but I still think there's a, a ton of um, false feelings about this. And I, I, quite frankly, I, I blame a lot of the marketing companies from the 80s and 90s and stuff and how we were, were marketed to. But if a woman lifts heavy, she's going to get as big as a man. Fiction. Fiction. The reason this is fiction is that women have, I believe it's like 12 times less testosterone than what men right. have. Big difference. And so estrogen, not say, I mean, women still have testosterone, but they don't have it's it in the amount we do. Exactly. Estrogen is not an anabolic hormone to where it causes you to grow muscle. Testosterone is one of those. Um, now, I'm not going to say that every single female that is you know massively jacked and do have a a silhouette that more resembles a male figure i'm not going to say that every single one of them is supplementing testosterone right 
But if I was going to Vegas, I'd be betting on black every single time on that one. For sure. And and yes. that that's where only one of the roulette wheels is wet, red. <laughs> Everything yeah, else is yeah. black. So Especially once you get to that level. That's correct. And they may not necessarily be supplementing a boatload, but they're doing something. They're playing with their hormones in some sense yeah, for they, a good reason. They portion. have to get that way. Well, I would, I would make the argument, and here's one that we're going to come up with in a second. I would make the argument that that's not going to be the only way, so I'll cover that in a second. Right. Um, but it is definitely probably the most popular way. I would definitely say that. You know, actually, uh, for a female, if they if they lifted heavier weight and did eight reps, they have a tendency to burn more calories than doing lighter weight doing 15 to, I don't know, let's say 20 reps. I believe that's true, especially because you're talking about the, the muscle recovery and actually having to build muscle at that yes. point. Uh, the breaking down of the fibers that it takes to, the, the energy it takes to rebuild that is greater than the energy it takes to just do the exercise right. itself. Yeah. Exactly. All right, the next one on the list. The body was designed to run on both fats and carbs as energy sources. Fact. fact. We know that the body needs fats and carbs to run. I mean, that's that's one of your that's what that's what fuels you. Mm -hmm. And I think we've discussed that in one of the other previous episodes. You know, the body's got to have a certain amount of carbs and fats to function. That's correct. The the body one truism that is is spread around, I think, um, is is a little misrepresented is that. It, it functions best on uh, carbs as an immediate source, but there's been research to suggest that the brain runs better when you switch over to it operating on fats, which means when you're in a ketosis state, you're in a mm -hmm. carb depletion, and the body has to switch to a fat uh, burn. Once it actually makes the transition, because the transition itself is kind of fuzzy, you feel kind of, uh and groggy, right. but when you actually transition, there's been some research to suggest that the brain optimizes better on fats as a source. But our bodies were designed to operate with both, just the same way as a diesel engine was designed to operate on diesel fuel, yeah, but you can run that thing off vegetable oil if you have right. the converter right. Yeah, but it takes a lot more effort to get there, just as it would the body to take more effort to get to fat as its primary energy source. So, uh, all right, this one, I remember hearing this one back when I was in high school. <laughs> your body converts your existing fat into muscle when you work out while you're bulking. Fiction. They are two completely different muscle or uh, 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 cellular types. They're two completely different uh, makeups. They do not convert back and forth. Man, I used to hear that all the time. So when I first started, right out of high school, when I first started lifting weights and getting into it, I heard that all the time. Well, I can turn my fat into muscle. Mm -hmm. And of course, then I believed it. I'm like, well, oh, it okay, makes sense. Cool. Yeah, it makes right. sense to someone who doesn't understand. He's like, oh, 14 okay. pizzas today, and I'll turn that into <laughs> muscle tomorrow. Right? So the next on the list, I think this one's kind of funny. I can work out enough to offset my bad eating habits. Fiction. Fiction. I can tell you right now, you cannot out-train your crappy diet. No, you can't. And, and you can't burn off enough bad calories. I mean, unless maybe you're Michael Phelps, but that's that's roughly about it. But you, if you're yeah. not getting the proper nutrients, so there's, a, there's what are called calorie-dense, nutrient-sparse foods, and those are things like McDonald's and snacks and things where they're very high in calories, but they got no nutrients whatsoever. And then you have your nutrient-dense and calorie-sparse foods, which are... Uh, like your vegetables and even some of your fruits where they're packed with nutrients that are good for the body, vitamins, minerals, right? 
but they're not adding a lot of calorie to your overall daily no intake. calories in those, right? Exactly. So, uh, and we, we've just decided that we will do a further episode on, you know, the makeup of quality calories versus non-quality and stuff yes. like that. So we'll go more into that at that point. But um, yeah, you, you can't offset that. No. Uh, not enough. So, all right, the next one. This is what I was uh, getting at. Testosterone is the only hormone that signals muscle growth. Fiction. Fiction. It is, testosterone is given a very big pedestal because we attribute it to. Oh, Especially, yeah. I think it's even grown over the day, you know, over the last few years, man. It's like a big thing now. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, well, it, well, a lot of it is because you have these new low T centers. Oh, those are all, yeah, all over the place. And so everyone's getting a lot of um, recognition for testosterone. But, you know, a lot of people, when you think of, you know, big bodybuilders, your Ronnie Coleman's, your uh, Jay Cutler's, you know, all, you know, even your Arnold Schwarzenegger's, the, the one thing they'll attribute their size to is the fact that they're taking testosterone. Well, what they don't, what most people don't know is that to get that big, those guys are more often than not supplementing insulin. Now they're still doing testosterone, right. but they're doing insulin. And milligram per milligram, insulin is a far greater uh, anabolic signaler to yes. the cells, which is why a lot of trainers will caution their clients to avoid eating high um, uh, high glycemic index carbs, Sugars, yeah. right? Because it releases so much insulin, and insulin is not just uh, it doesn't just signal growth in muscle cells, but it signals it in fat cells, whereas testosterone usually tends to focus more on muscle cells. But if you do it right and you know how to do it and you can control it, insulin gives you a far greater growth yeah, that's response. Yeah, that's the key what you said right there is doing it right. I know I know a couple guys that have done that before, and you got you got to be careful with that. Mm -hmm. They told me that they'll only run it three to four weeks, and you know they could put on you know 15 pounds or more, which, mm -hmm. is, you know, which is crazy to me. But if you don't do it right, like, you know, he says when you take it, like if you don't, you have to eat like, oh, no kidding, on these certain times because yep. your body starts getting hungry. And if you don't feed it, then You'd, that could be bad news. The nice thing about insulin, unlike testosterone, is from a natural perspective, it's a lot easier to modulate because you can control it through your diet, what exactly. you eat, when you eat, how much you eat. Um, you can control that if you know how to do it. And again, we'll do another episode down the road where we really dive into a specific um, nutrition regimen that I've tried in the past that mm -hmm. is 100% geared around controlling that that release and that signaling. Of I'd, the I'd be interested to hear that. That one's going to be fun. Yeah. So, all right. Next on the list, cardio can actually promote muscle growth. Fact. Fact. Now we know that we talked about before that doing cardio after you're lifting weights is the best thing you could do. When you start doing cardio, you're pushing that oxygen and blood throat throw i don't know where i even throw that i'm throwing that word out um you can the blood flow into your muscles especially after you've just worked them out that's that's a great thing for them if you do resistance cardio too you're going to stay in a muscle activated um, state that doesn't deteriorate your muscle fibers like a steady state low impact cardio would do mm -hmm. so if you you know again we had the conversation of if you're going to go run for an hour or two hours your body's going to get into a point where it's it, it can switch into a mode where it's less likely to grow muscle as easily but if you're talking about um, doing resistance cardio where you're um, 
you know, kind of like an HIIT, a HIIT training, hit training yeah. but you're doing it more with weights, you know, pushing sleds, that kind of stuff. Have you heard of that high-low training as well? Mm -hmm. I have. Yeah, so if, you know, any of those methods would, would be an alternative to it that um, would keep you from, from burning off muscle as well. Um, okay, so... <laughs> for men, for the for all the the male listeners out there, getting lean and ripped will bring all the ladies to the yard. Fiction. Fiction. <laughs> it will bring all the other dudes up to you, and they'll ask you, "What are you doing, man? Yeah, what right. are you taking? What do you eat? What's your what's your split? What's it like?" Um, I think that happens ninety nine percent of the time. You might. I, I don't even think if I had a woman come up to me and ask, "How do you you know look like that?" So I'm going to out myself for a second. Uh, I did get permission from my wife to share this on air. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> so um, when I was younger, before I met my wife, I, I had fun. Yep. And when, I, when we finally got together um, is when I decided uh, that I wanted to get into fitness. Um, and I say we didn't get together at this point. We were close to getting together, but we weren't serious. We weren't official. We weren't anything like that. Um, and so I, when I was 21, I, I turned 21 in Lubbock, which there's nothing to do out there, but drink and yeah. See dirt. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. So, um, I got really good at learning how to, uh, approach women in a bar as in, opposed in, to in Lubbock, in Lubbock as like opposed to three or four of them in there. No, I Less mean, it's, you got to think Texas Tech is out there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's Texas right. Tech is I out there. I don't follow Texas Tech. I'm so, a fan, so, well, a lot of them stay out there. <laughs> so, I'm sure. Um, anyways, but my point is, is I, I got really good. Instead of being the drunk, stumbly, annoying guy at the bar, I got really good at being the charismatic, you know, the one who could still hold, maintain his liquor, have conversations. Um, so I, my ability to connect with women was very much on a verbal level, but I did not have the jack lean looks. I wasn't the one that ladies would turn their head. So I would have to make contact and instigate the conversation, which wasn't a problem, which it can be for a lot of guys. Oh, sure. But when I decided I was going to get into fitness, I told you that I had spoken with that one trainer yeah. about, you know, CrossFit yeah. versus this. And he said, well, you know, if you want to look like this, well, the reason I wanted to look like this was because I wanted to also have the ability to turn heads right so the ironic part is when i finally got to a point that i feel that that would happen it didn't <laughs> it didn't happen it, it, women are just not geared the same way at least i didn't notice now it's interesting because now you know uh we went down to the pool the other day and, and this will just can back up what i was saying my wife said you know you really got to put on uh you know a little bit longer shorts or whatever i was like what are you talking about she goes well she said, well, I think you make some of the guys down there uncomfortable. I said, why? She goes, well. Was your nuts hanging out? No, oh. no. They but weren't that short, right? No, they oh, weren't that okay. short, you know. And and um, <laughs> I said, well, why are all, are all, you know, what do you mean? She goes, well, I just, I can tell that they're looking at you. I'm like. like the guys? Yeah. And she goes, well, they're looking at you because their wives are looking at you. Ah, okay. And so they feel a little intimidated said, Okay, so that's probably the closest I got to getting that response that I've been working for for six or seven hey, years. Man, run with it, run with it. But so you know, you know what'll bring the ladies to the yard? Your milkshake, right? Well, I, I have a dairy allergy, so it's gonna have to be, have to be a vegan milkshake. I don't know how many ladies are gonna show up to that that party. Your but vegan milkshake. Bring the they're to the probably yard. from from California if they are. And damn right, it's better than yours. <laughs> 
boy. All right, ladies, so this one's for you. Getting toned and lean will bring all the boys to the yard. Fat. Fat. Well, I mean, I don't, you, can't even, you don't even elaborate on this because that says it all right there. Yeah, yeah we, you know, I mean, we get outed all the time for it. We get, we get bashed up and down on social media because of how we're yeah, wired. Yeah, not on that one. All right, so... All right, this is this definitely appeals to to guys because we have this ego issue. But if I don't feel pain or soreness, it means I'm not training hard enough. Fiction. Fiction. Um, when you first, we mentioned this in one of our first episodes that when you first start off, yes, you're going to have some soreness, and that's from lactic acid buildup and whatnot. But as you progress and your body, your muscles get conditioned to doing this, if you're feeling pain, especially joint pain, that's bad. It's a muscle burn where you're, you know, time under tension, you're really feeling the burn because the muscle fibers are activating and that's different, but we weren't talking pain. Pain is designed for a very specific reason. Your body is telling you stop. It's telling you something. Stop. And if you're getting sore for multiple days within a day or two after you probably over, overdid it. Right. Um, and you need to take it easy. There, I do know a lot of people that are like, you know, if I if I'm not sore the next day, I didn't I didn't crush it hard enough. No, you probably are overtraining and you're probably killing your gains because your body's in a state of just despair. Yeah. It's not able to rebuild in a proper, effective yeah. a, a way. A little a little discomfort's okay. You're gonna feel that, but when you start getting into like like you like you said, pain, sharp pain, anywhere in your body, that's a, that's an indicator you might want to stop and. At least get it checked out. Yeah, that old saying, pain is weakness, leaving the body. body, Let the military handle that. Yeah, Yeah, that's different why they do that. I understand why they do that because they that's combat that's different. We're in the gym. The only thing we're fighting is our mind, ourselves, and the weights. So, All right, the next on the list, training larger muscle groups has a greater impact on testosterone production. Fact. Fact. Hey, Nick, I'm going to have to have you take this one because we start talking about the testosterone production. I'm not too familiar with that. So for when you're talking about you know, our natural lifters, um, when you train muscles from a resistance standpoint, so when you're going for strength or muscle growth from Mm -hmm. hypertrophy, um, your body will naturally increase its testosterone production. Now we're not talking about doubling it. We're literally talking about small increases, but to have a greater impact, you want to train larger muscle groups. So you're going to have a greater uh, increase on your testosterone levels when you're training like lats and quads and hamstrings as you would compared to like forearms and biceps. Right. Now it's not to say you don't train those because you're still going to get a benefit from those, but it's just you're going to get a, hu- a bigger spike. So when I see a bunch of guys who, especially when they're all natural, first and foremost, when they're all natural and they're not seeing gains in their upper body because those are our glamour muscles mm-hmm. and they're only hitting legs once a week, first off, chicken legs, more than likely, nine times out of 10. Um, You're not training enough for your body to adapt, so you're more likely to uh, have injuries and all those other things that come with it. But you're missing the boat from a growth perspective because when you go in and you train those legs because of how big those muscle groups are. That's actually what I was about to ask you because I I think I've heard that before, like your quads, for example. I've heard that training your your legs, especially your quads, it's releasing it through your body. Yes, it's increasing your okay. testosterone production, so it makes it easier to, to, to build okay. out your chest and your arms and, okay. your, and right. everything else because you're getting that testosterone release. It'd be no different than you going in and supplementing it, although it's just, again, it's natural and you're not shutting down your body's natural production to do right. this. So my recommendation is 
you know, at least two times a week, you should be hitting legs three times a week. It would be great if you can, especially if you're trying to see a boost in that testosterone. Okay. Right. Um, Makes sense. You know, and, and we're, we'll do a we'll do an episode very, very specific on uh, testosterone in the future as well. Uh, guys, just so so y'all are aware, when uh, Ben and I sat down and kind of brainchilded this podcast, I put together probably easily, I have a notebook here with probably easily a hundred different show topics. So we have a lot that we want to put in place for you guys. Um, but that, that doesn't mean that we're not going to do what you want. So let sure, us, yeah, sure. let us know, if, you know, hit us up on feedback, let us know what you're, you're looking for and we can definitely put some stuff and we've already had some requests that we're already looking into putting in place. So there's, I'm sure there's thousands of topics. Oh yeah. There. And we want to provide it. That's the whole yes. thing. We want to give accurate information and provide it to all. Um, okay. So increased natural production of testosterone in women will cause them to look like a man. Fiction. Fiction. So again, if we're talking the natural production, because there's so far less testosterone in a female than there is in a male, even their natural increases are, are they're going to be small as well. Uh, the most, probably the biggest thing that you would see from a noticeable standpoint from any type of natural increase in testosterone. And again, this is the body's natural increase, not not you taking even a nat quote unquote natural supplement. We're literally talking about just what the body does on its own. So when women start training legs more frequently and stuff. I mean, I, real quick, I was gonna say, if a woman does put testosterone in her body, then yes, that that's when you start seeing. Oh yeah. That you, they start following that road of the man. You yes, know? and I'm very. I know it affects their voice. You know. Yeah, I'm uh, very hesitant to ever. In fact, I, you'll never actually catch me recommending on any level absolutely not because it's no. it's it's such a um it's such a fine line to walk to yes. not have any long-term side effects that you don't want to deal some with. of those side effects don't go away exactly so um but that being said it's such a small amount that the probably the biggest thing that you would notice is maybe an increase in your sex drive that would probably be the only noticeable right. marker that you would see from a female perspective Next, we have, if a man's testosterone levels are low, the only way to fix it is to supplement more testosterone. So this is one that we talked about before, Nick, that, uh, once again, I, I, I'm in a position now where I've actually been tested, had my blood work done, and I have have had low, low T. You know, I, it was like in the low 200s, which is way below the average. Um, you know, it should be between seven and nine. So my doctor actually prescribed me testosterone shots. So I don't really know, you know, there are other ways besides that because that's all I've done. So I, I'm curious to hear, hear what you got to say on that. Well, first off, we definitely want to say that this is a fiction one. So this is yes. a fiction piece. Testosterone and estrogen, mm -hmm. okay? Um, in men, they're disproportionate to a, to a massive level, right? We have way more testosterone than, than we do estrogen, okay? And they're meant to stay in what, whatever that ratio is. And, I, and well, I estrogen apologize. always needs to be lower than the testosterone in men. Well, and not just a little bit. Like, there's a vast difference. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's and got, that ratio. It's got to be below. Right. If it's 10 to 1 or 12 to right. 1 or whatever, that, that it's designed to stay at that. Whereas, like, women, I don't know. It's maybe closer, more like 1 to 1 or whatever. I'm not entirely sure. And I will be bringing on a doctor to have an in-depth conversation where we can get the actual. Dr. Mike? Dr. Mike will be yeah. coming on for no this. No one better for that. Yep. we be talking about him with, uh, be talking about this with him. So, but there are things that are called xenoestrogens. And what xenoestrogens are, are they are found in chemicals and man-made products. So shampoos, conditioners, deodorants, chemical sprays, um, you know, atmospheric sprays that they put out there. Um, you 
anything, all right? Any chemical that, and it can absorb through your pores. Mm-hmm. So for like shampoo and stuff, you could ingest it if it was something that was, um, you know, in soft drinks and stuff because they wow. put chemicals okay. and stuff like that. So, um, and these are things that under a microscope, when you look at the chemistry of it, they're not the exact same as estrogen because they're xenoestrogens. Right. But the body reads them the same. So let's say, and again, I'm just going to use very basic examples. So let's say your body's ratio for testosterone to estrogen is 10 to 1. So for every one you okay. know, milligram of estrogen, it's producing 10 milligrams of testosterone. Okay. And all of a sudden, you're absorbing an additional milligram of xenoestrogens. Well, now the body says, well, now we're 10 to 2. Hmm. Okay. What it thinks is that because your estrogen is now at... Two, like creeped up. It's assuming that it's overproducing testosterone. Hmm. And so what it does to bring your estrogen back down into balance is it shuts down your testosterone production because it's assuming that it just went on overdrive. Okay. All right. So a lot of times, and I'm going to let Dr. Mike get more into detail on this, but a lot of times what happens when you go into these low T centers is they test your T levels. Mm-hmm. And they don't test your estrogen levels because right. what they're selling is T. You know, it's funny you say that. When they tested mine, he didn't test my estrogen level. They, as my far own, as I'm my aware, own doctor. as far yeah. as I'm aware, yeah. they don't. Wow. And that's the that's the caveat because most people aren't aware of this information, mm-hmm. which is why we're bringing it to you, so that you don't make oh, this like mistake. That, voice, <laughs> <laughs> that, that deep late night FM radio DJ <laughs> voice. Um, that's why we want to bring this information to you guys. So. Um, one of the best ways is to be able to reset your estrogen levels and detox some of that. One of the things that I personally take, and I highly recommend whether you're male or female, it doesn't matter. My wife and I both swear by it. And I know probably 10 other people that swear by this is a product called Estro Factors. Hmm. Um, it does a lot of other things. It helps regulate natural estrogen, but it also helps to detox these xenoestrogens out of your body. You can get it on Amazon if you want. Um, but how's the price on it? It's not too bad. They just actually changed the formula to the price points a little bit better. Okay. Uh, it's a little bit more, um, compact before you used to be, have to take like six horse pills a day. Now it's Jeez. two capsules a day. Mm, that's not bad. So it's, it's, it's really not bad. It's basically, I want to say for a month supply, like 65 bucks, but considering if you're dealing with low T issues and you're, con- and you're thinking, well, maybe I should, you know, supplement this or supplement that, or maybe I should, you know, maybe I should get on steroids. <laughs> try doing this first. I promise you, I-, I had a huge jump. I'm going to have to try it. Yeah. And, and so I stay on them. I stay on them because it just so You're helps. on them consistently. Uh, yeah. Not because I have to, but I'm like, hey, I'm still using shampoo. Well, I'm still brushing like my said, teeth. It's regulating it. Exactly. So if you have that, like you said, that change in your ratio, then it's going to keep it regulated so you don't. And... For a lot of women, uh, post-pregnancy, um, pre-menopause, post-menopause. Yeah, when their hormones are all out of whack. Yeah, but yeah. Monday through Sunday. That's a joke, sorry. You <laughs> they, Sunday through Doesn't Monday. really matter. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, they, um, Tracy, don't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> these, I promise you'll love these. I, I haven't had a single person that I've ever recommended to them that hasn't liked them. It's all natural, so... Um, but as far as the, you know, if your testosterone, if your testosterone levels are low, the only way to supplement is to take testosterone. That's not true. There are a lot of natural supplements you can take, but I would take the first step is getting your estrogen under control. And that's a, that's a pride thing for a lot of guys to be able to admit that. So I would just take it and don't even tell anybody and watch how you feel. Um, next. Okay. So saunas help the body actually melt the fat down and then release it out of the body. 
fiction. fiction. Guys, this is not putting Crisco into a frying pan. <laughs> Can you technically do that? Yes, if you catch yourself on fire, but you're not heating the body up to a, you, you can't physically stand the amount of heat it would take to literally melt the body fat. And even if you did, it wouldn't filtrate out through the organs the right way because the body's not breaking it down for use at that point. Right. So uh, I, I just, I love it when people get a gym membership. Uh, and then they, you know, go sit in the sauna for an hour, and that's what they do. Yeah, and that, then in six their, months, they work out. Yeah. yeah, what do saunas do? They they help you release lose water. Yeah, yeah, help I mean, you release sweat, really lose water. You know, it might help with muscle soreness. You know, yeah, and yeah. and releasing some tension. But mm-hmm. for the most part, that's really where the benefits stop. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. All right. Next on the list: list stretching, yoga, and massages promote muscle growth. Fact. Now, I know we talked about stretching earlier, and this isn't. This is talking about you know, after you're warmed up, the muscles are warmed up. You know, especially I've never done yoga. Actually, I want to try that. I'm doing it tonight at 5:30. Are you really? Yeah. Yeah, I gotta try that. I've had the massage and I've done the stretching before, and of course, I think I feel better. Yeah, I know I feel better afterwards. But that yoga stuff, I've heard, is even probably the best thing. It is because it, it's a workout. You're getting well, your you're core also, activation yeah, and your stretching, flexibility, mobility, all that yep. good stuff. Um, this is from a massage standpoint, I've had a massage therapist on what I call my power team, um, for probably five or six years now. And I usually get at least once a month. If I can, uh, I'll go twice a month. It would be ideal. But when you're talking about growing muscle strength and all that, if you're not doing these things, I promise you, you're going to hit a wall and it's going to be hard to break through that wall because your muscles are so tight and a tight muscle cannot grow. That's and my be- problem with my legs right now because of those surgeries I've had. I can't, you know, my hamstrings are super tight. You're going to need to get some massaging done just to help release before you even get into a point of probably well, stretching I know. them. I That's my plan that. actually, but it's, it's bad. All right. Doing hit or high intensity interval training jeopardizes muscle and muscle growth. Fiction. Fiction. We talked about this earlier. Hit training is actually one of the better ways, especially if um, you're you're doing jump mobility or anything that's really fighting against gravity, as opposed to, I mean, battle ropes are still going to be something that would would right. not yeah. would not inhibit, but it wouldn't promote it exactly uh, as much as doing something like um, you know high knee jumps, mm-hmm. you know, even burpees or stuff like that. Yeah. Those are horrible. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, what do you call them? Barfies. Yeah, right. Next on the list is running outside is more effective than running on a treadmill. Fact. Fact. So don't get me, we're not saying that running on a treadmill is bad because it's not. We're just saying that, uh, you know, when you're running outside, it's, you know, you got, it, let's just throw all the factors into it. You know, you, maybe you're running against the wind, you're running uphill, or you're running some trails in the woods, uneven ground. You're going to start using muscles that you wouldn't use on a treadmill. Stability muscles. Exactly. And to, and to caveat off that, you, it, it's... There's going to be some other factors that would not allow you to run outside, you know, too hot, too cold, rain, snow, depending where you live, uh, you know, if you got allergies or if you're sick or whatnot. Yeah, well, for me, anything over 70, not happening. Uh, <laughs> just, just not happening. I guess uh, you're not running outside in Texas no, then. No, I'm the type, well, I'm not running, period, um, which, was, which was the problem. Jay Unless got me you're on, being chased by something. Right? I got on the treadmill today for a minute and I was gassed. And I, oh, really? He, well, he put me on it today. So, yeah, and so. You know he's going to do that some more now. Yeah, right? I know, yeah. So, um, I, but I'm the type of person, like, I'll go out when it's snowing in my sandals and my shorts. Like, I, I just like You cold. like the cold weather. Yeah, yeah. so if I am going to run outside, I better be running with wind. It, like, it, yeah. it's 
it's got to be or it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll pass out before I get to the stop sign of, of a heat stroke. <laughs> so, all right, last one on the list. If I'm sweating, it means I'm out of shape. Fiction. Fiction. Sweating is simply just a function of the body used to try and cool it down. It does not necessarily mean that you're out of shape. It could be because you're, you know, it just depends on how intense you're working. But I promise you when those professional athletes are on the football field or the soccer field, they're sweating. They're not out of shape. Their body's just trying to cool itself down. So don't take that as an indicator. I kind of did that when I was training with Jay a little bit. I was I sweat early. Like I sweat before he even shows up right. to give me the warm up. Like I'm already sweating from my stretching and stuff, but I, that's, I'm naturally hot natured. You yeah. can't put me in a gym in Texas actually, without actually me the, sweating. The more in shape you are, the sooner you're going to sweat. Really? Now that I didn't know. Yeah. I've always, I, I've, I've done some research on that before and you know, I've been told that before and I, I kind of makes sense because your body's already, you're used to it and you're starting to burn more and, and depending on what you're doing, but it, it I sweat more than, as I, especially during show prep, as I get closer and closer to that, that my end there, like I feel like I'm sweating all the time. I'm not even doing I would anything. assume some of that is probably directly correlated to water intake too. You know, oh, yeah, because sure. if you're dehydrated, you're yeah. not going to sweat at all, right? Mm-hmm. So I would assume the exact opposite is if you're overhydrated, your body's you like, let's more. get rid of some of this stuff. Exactly. So. Well, guys, we really appreciate y'all tuning in again. Hopefully, this has been uh, helpful and relevant for you. Um, to all of our listeners, we can't tell you how much we appreciate the support. Um, stay tuned. We're going to keep pushing these episodes out for y'all. So for everyone around, keep, keep crushing, crushing it. it. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Listen, we love connecting with our listeners, so if you have any questions or topic requests, please email them to podcast at thefitnesslounge.net. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fitness Lounge Podcast for more updates, tips, and content. You can also follow us on Twitter at, at fitnesslounge3. We are excited to take this wonderful journey with you, and we'll see you next time here at the Fitness Lounge.